so wonderful to see so many young people at the conventions. Thank you. Every year there are so many who come. May the Lord richly bless you as he has done and may continue to do so. I would like to use as a text of meditation a portion of scripture recorded in 1 Samuel which deals with our dear brother in Christ who I think all of us can identify with in so many ways and that is King David who has many generations ago already gone home to his reward in heaven but his experiences have been recorded for us in the power of God in his life is written in the Holy Scriptures where we can take comfort from and receive instruction out of. In the 30th chapter of 1st Samuel I'd like to read a portion of that and refer to other places pertaining to the account contained in, contained in our text. I will read beginning with the first verse. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein they slew not any either great or small but carried them away and went on their journey so David and his men came to the city and behold it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the six hundred men that were with him, and came to the brook B, where those 
where those that were left behind stayed, but David pursued he and four hundred men, for two hundred abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread, and, and he did eat, and they made him drink water, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs, two clusters of raisins, and when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me, because three days agone I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherodites and upon the coast which belongs to Judah and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Siklag with fire. And David said to him, Can thou bring me down to the company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. When he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from twilight even unto the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them, save four hundred young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Amen. Pictured in the life of David is, first of all, the fallen, sinful human nature that we all are so familiar with, the unbelief that we wrestle with, Satan threatens us with, but also in David is pictured the amazing grace of God is pictured our Lord Jesus Christ. Earlier in this book of First Samuel, in the 22nd chapter, it's written that the ones who came to David were the ones who were, first of all, distressed, and those who were in debt and those who were discouraged or who were unhappy. Nowhere do we see that David anywhere sought for a following after himself. They came to him because they also had been pursued by the great Antichrist that had risen in the nation of Israel, namely King Saul. King Saul, you remember, 
who began in the spirit ended in the flesh who built a monument unto himself that men may look upon that statue and be reminded what a great man Saul is in himself. Familiar temptation, a familiar work of man. Remember that was the very first temptation in the Garden of Eden that confronted Eve and Adam. They were tempted to eat of that fruit that would exalt them in such self-knowledge that they should be able to say that we are gods, and that we are great. In fact, that fall and that temptation already took place in heaven, you remember, sometime even before the garden experience. It was that temptation of pride that Lucifer also yielded to, but was not able to successfully fulfill and therefore was cast out of heaven. The devil of unbelief that draws us to look inward, that would have us to find something in ourselves that would be great and glorious. And either one is successful in finding something that is great and glorious, that he can be exalted for, or he becomes greatly discouraged because he cannot find anything great and glorious. In both cases, the devil of unbelief attempts to accomplish either one of two things, either to build one up on so high that he can look down upon everyone and say that I am the greatest one among you. I have arrived unto great stature and place in the kingdom of heaven. Or I am so sinful and so evil that there is no place for me to go anymore. And thus one would choose to give up the battle against the enemy of the soul and yield him unto discouragement. David came unto that place in his life. He was relentlessly pursued by Saul, that wicked one who had risen in his pride. And David finally came to that day in his life when he said, It is written, in the 27th chapter of the same book, David says in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the, into the land of the Philistines. This is what David had concluded was the final only solution to his weariness in the battle against the enemy in his life who did not give up in seeking after his, David's, destruction. But was David correct in, in this um, thinking of his heart that um, he is going to never be freed um, from the enemy of the soul that was relentlessly after his life. 
No, he had not received any such information from God that he is going to be overcome, that he is never going to experience deliverance from that one Saul. It was David who was thinking, who was looking inwardly, and who had become so weary and so tired in the battle of faith. He had now thought that he has no place to turn except unto the Philistines. He does not pray unto God for renewed strength in his battle. And because he looks to himself, he finds neither strength there, but he does find information that his own reasoning and wisdom is more than willing to give unto him. And the information that human intelligence gives, or the religious mind of man gives, always leads into the direction of the flesh. It looks for comfort and refuge in the flesh, which is represented or pictured in the Philistines. But you remember that the Philistines were also the enemy of Israel. They were not the friends of the kingdom of God, as our flesh is neither the friend of the kingdom of God's righteousness, peace and joy that we have in the Holy Spirit. David is facing two enemies, as we see here, and behind it all is the third enemy. David does not recognize at this moment that the greatest enemy in his life is not the one who is outside of him, but the greatest enemy in his life is always and always will be the enemy within us, which is our own deceitful heart, is always ready and willing to give us counsel, but that counsel that the heart of man gives always would lead us out of the will of God into the will of the flesh. And there is never any refuge outside of the borders of the kingdom of God in the nation of the Philistines. David, we can have compassion upon him because we can identify with him so easily. Though when we look into this portion of the Scriptures and read the account of this dear friend and brother in Christ and David, we see how near he was from being delivered from the hand of Saul. Yet David could not see that. Beloved, we are always delivered from out of the hand of the enemy. We are at this moment being delivered out of the hand or out of the shadows of the darkness of unbelief. And we are going to be delivered. We, beloved, are always walking the road of victory. The kingdom of God does not know defeat, but we always, in looking unto Jesus Christ, we live in the power of the resurrection 
of him who has given himself as the sacrifice for all of our sins and has delivered us through his own blood out of unbelief. And we are not held captive in our own corruption. David, having not turned to God in prayer, I want to mention a few things about that matter also. The Lord Jesus Christ said that my house shall be called the house of prayer. But you, speaking to those whom he was reproving, said unto them that you have made my father's house a den of thieves. The father's house is where the kingdom of God is, namely in our own hearts. When we read the account of David, David always prayed where he always received counsel from God. But where David failed to pray, there the enemy of the soul, beloved, stole from him that vision, that ability to see and recognize the will of God for him. He was not able to avail himself of the strength of God, but rather he walked in the defeat of human flesh. Christ Jesus our Lord tells us that we ought always to pray and not to faint, which is that we would always look unto the source of our strength, namely our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. And then also let us consider where there has sin been committed by us, we experience the sorrowful consequence of our sins. There is always a loss experienced when we turn unto the flesh for success and for gain. Beloved, there is never gain where the flesh has control, where we expect success in the flesh, there is always loss. Where we expect victory through human reasoning, there is no victory, there is always defeat. We experience it personally for ourselves, but let us also consider where we experience the following after the weakness of our human heart. We do not only bring defeat into our own personal lives, but we are also experiencing and we can see the result of our sin also is brought upon others. Others are affected by our sin. Let us never be so foolish, though I know we will be, for I know I will be, and I am sure that many of you will also be this, that you will think that no others are not bothered by your sin. Beloved, don't ever think that is true. 
take you and myself as fathers in our household, beloved, the attitude of fleshly carnal anger and wrath, the way we treat and deal with our children, how we many times act in our impatience toward one another in our household, the church that is in our house. Do you think that your sins only affect you? I think we have much evidence that it affects also our loved ones. David's sin did not only affect him, it affected all of those who were his followers and who walked with him. We see in our text that this great tragedy in David's life, when he walked after the counsel of his own heart, it brought great destruction. How great was the loss and the destruction in his life. He and those who joined with David in his unbelief because of fear in his life, they lost everything. How much did they lose? They lost everything, but they did not lose hope. They lost everything, and there was great condemnation and great anger by others that came against David. And David, who was the root cause of the sin and the effect of sin among his brethren, he stood alone as the one who is fully responsible for his sin. When they came to Ziklag, when one <clears throat> is not walking in the will of God, he is not walking there where God wants him to be. And thus those responsibilities that are ours are being left, listen, they are being left unprotected because you and I are not there where God has called us to be the protectors by the grace of God. And thus the enemy of the soul is able to do his evil work there also, having first been able to drive us away through discouragement so that we are not in the will of God ourselves. Now those whom we have been called to be the protectors of by God's will are also being left unprotected and God is not able to assist or carry out His will among them. Do we have evidence of that? Yes, we do in our very own text for David's wives and his children and the wives and the children of those 600 who were with him, who were with them, had been left unprotected. But is that not always the work of the Amalekite, Satan himself? Is that not always, beloved? We weary in the battle and we say, let us give in a little unto the enemy of the soul, that is, unto the flesh. 
in the flesh that is so close to all of us and, and so familiar to all of us. And, and we are so acquainted with the flesh. And, and sometimes and it seems as though the flesh and perhaps isn't even the enemy that we think it is. And, and we begin to yield to its will and its wants. And, and thus there is an erosion taking place in the spiritual welfare, in the spiritual household of the heart of the leader of the Christian home, and thus in the hearts and in the lives of wives and our children. David was not there where he belonged. The Lord Jesus Christ never told David to leave him. Ziklag never told him to go to Ziklag with his families. He had always told him to remain where? To remain in the warfare. In the warfare, beloved. How long had David now been away from the warfare? About one year and four months. How long have you and I many times left the place of the battle against the world, the devil in our own flesh, and we have received comfort in its seemingly refuge in the place, in the place of escape, in the cave where Elijah also ran into the place of this great discouragement and where unbelief drove him. Sometimes it has been for longer times and, and other times for shorter times. Is there anyone here this morning who has run for escape? because you can't take it anymore. You are so weary and you've become so tired. Oh, beloved, do not go that way. Christ Jesus will bring you unto the brook be sore. It is closer than you think, beloved. You will receive rest in the battle. You will come to the place of the cool waters and you shall freely drink and you shall be satisfied in your thirst. Do not drink of the waters of the Philistines, the consequence, the result of your sin. Thy sin shall find thee out, but beloved, the living God loves you and He embraces you and He draws nigh unto you. When David and his men came unto Ziklag, what did they see? All they could see was the result of their unbelief. They saw the charred results the charred remains and the smoke rising up into the horizon. Everything had been taken away from them. And they began to weep until 
they were not able to weep any longer. And they knew immediately why everything, their most precious substance, had been lost. It was because they had turned away from the will of God and followed after the counsel of their own hearts and after the counsel of the heart of David also, whose heart is deceitful with your and mine above all things and desperately wicked. They began to weep and they wept because of their sin. Is your heart weeping this morning because you know you are not in the will of God? You should have remained where God had called you. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ comes nigh unto you. He says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And it seems unto you that you cannot find a friend in the kingdom of God this morning. You feel and you recognize you stand all alone and you feel the weight and the hardness of the accusation of your sin come upon you. You can feel the voices who speak of stoning you and you must die because of your sin. Oh, beloved, know that the Lord Jesus speaks especially unto you again saying, Come unto me. What is the invitation that the Lord calls you unto? He calls you, as David says, David encourages himself in the...